Hi everybody and welcome to this episode of the Anderson's Podcast. Hope you're well who's listening and watching. And before I introduce my, my co-host and my show regular today, I just want to make you aware, if you're on YouTube and you like what you're saying, hit subscribe and the wee bell so you're notified when we go live. But look, I'm joined by my co-host John and show regular Ross. How are you both? Hi, good mate. Oh, good, good mate. Good. good. How are you, Stephen? Yeah. I'm fantastic. It's been a great day. I don't know about you. I mean, this is recorded on Thursday and we go out on Friday, but today's just been that little bit great. That's funny as well. But sure, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the, the breaking news coming out of Scottish football, and that's obviously Stephen Gerrard's left our, our closest rivals, Rangers, and he's jumped ship to Aston Village. John, I'll come to yourself first here, and I'm pretty sure captains are meant to stay on a sinking ship, but he's leapt off it as quick as he can. But in terms of the situation regarding Celtic and into the January transfer window, surely this is a, a button moment for the Celtic board to press it and go, we're taking advantage of this. No, oh, definitely, uh, absolutely. I, I mean that. Like, I think even before this situation with Gerard Rose, we were on the sort of mindset where you're saying to yourself, the board still need to invest in January. Um, we still need to be strengthening the team, regardless of the situation that's arose. But now we're in a position where obviously they've lost their manager. We know the financial issues that they've got. So whether or not they're going to bring somebody in, a, another like a sort of another big name or. With that kind of calibre, uh, it remains to be seen. But obviously, we're approaching the new year, the, the, the January window, uh, and it, it's. And it, I guess you could say if this sort of change to the personnel within Rangers, because remember, Gerard is reported to be taking like everybody with him. Like yeah. he's, he's he's leaving them nothing. Um, and a lot of the players that played for Rangers uh, that signed for Rangers under his tenure. Signed because Gerard was the manager, wasn't it? Because necessarily who the club is, but because they, they, they relished the chance to work under Gerard and stuff like that. So, there's a lot of these players that seem like doing. I heard Tavernier wasn't that he didn't even know until it was announced, and that's the club captain. So, there's obviously a, a, an element of discontent within the club. I think uh, the fans are certainly furious. Uh, it's been absolutely joyous to watch the meltdown the day <laughs> on various forms of social media and on the, the Super Scoreboard that we listened to the night, if you, anybody caught it. Uh, some of the calls were absolutely glorious. Uh, and I, I, I like to laugh about it and we like to point from because we went through this when the how thing happened. Remember, yeah. like, mm-hmm. they were saying that we were in meltdown and that we were in big trouble. Then big hands came in the door and knew the Celtic trains rolling right through everybody and knew they left uh, when they part way through the season that's already started. Uh, so I think we're definitely in a far better position. So the board need to come January. Need to a don't change their whatever the sort of mindset was. That n- nothing needs to change in that respect. Like they need to just continue as if Rangers are still Gerard's still there. Nothing's changing. We're still wrestling to get the title back, and we still need to go out and pull out all the stops. And by doing that, hopefully, um, we can shut this whole nonsense about them being an actual contender up and just run away with. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with what you said there, John. And Ross, between today, between cardboard cutouts getting turned around against the wall, people punching cardboard cutouts and telling them to get up, it's, it's been a crazy day all round. But again, as John said, it's all, the shoe's on the other foot. We had it with Eddie Howe and Brendan Rogers far back as well. So we know how it feels, so we're just getting a bit back. But look, the Celtic board have had the opportunity before to kind of railroad Rangers, but they've let them creep back into it, creep back into it. And as John rightly said, they need to keep this mindset where there's a title challenge and we need to take full advantage this coming January, don't we? Absolutely. Um, it's, it's like John said, he made a good point there. 
you have to look at it like Gerard and his team are still there. Uh, but Celtic are just all they have to do is keep doing what they're doing, keep progressing, add to the team in January, which I fully expect them to do. Um, I've heard some people talking about maybe six signings. I don't, that's maybe what we need. Whether we'll get that amount in as remains to be seen. But uh, I just keep doing what we're doing and like don't worry about what what's happening. I know like you can't ignore it and stuff, but don't really worry too much about what's happening across the city because yeah. if we keep progressing the way we're progressing and add to the squad in January, then regardless of what anybody else do does this season, Celtic are no going away. And that's that's a fact. They're no going away. Whether they play good, bad or indifferent, we'll be there right to the end, right to the death. And uh, well, that's all we can do. We can just just have to put ourselves in a position to be able to win this league. Uh, and I believe we can do that. Uh, and yeah. it was, uh, as you say, it's been quite funny the day. I, d- I don't like to gloat too much. Um, this is their uh, Brendan Rodgers baggy cans moment. But... Uh, it's, you didn't like to go too much because Celtic went through that moment and they actually still won the league eh, that season. If they get, depends, depends who they get in, but this could eh, galvanise that team or it could send them the other way. We just don't know. Eh, again, it remains to be seen, but eh, all we can do is do Celtic and do Celtic to our very, very best and see what it takes us. Yeah, I still think, Ross, I think you're right in regards to we can't really worry too much what's happened over there. I do think myself, John, that it's still going to be a, quite a tight title race. As Ross said, we don't know what way Rangers will take this, either to go backwards or to move forwards with a new manager. But we did talk about January there, and Posta Coldwell came out in the recent interview saying he's looking to bolster his squad. <laughs> as Ross didn't say, many of six signings have been mentioned. But what positions and key areas do you think need strengthening? We've seen Greg Taylor sign a new contract recently, we haven't even spoken about that. But is he a shoe in at first choice left back? Are you happy with that? No, I mean, see the way Ralston's performing right now. Juranovic isn't getting the first choice right back position. Let's just be clear, like he, he can't. Until Ralston does something monumental to absolutely fuck it up, he has to be first choice, and not just first choice. One of the first names on the team sheet, right? So then you've got a dilemma because we know how good Juranovic can be, um, and he plays left back. So I would continue playing Juranovic left back at the minute, even when Taylor comes back. Uh, in that case, but in January, I think the left back position is still an area uh, that we need to strengthen. Uh, I think the the forward the, the forward line as well, getting another striker in, um, would certainly help because, um, by all accounts, it looks like we've only really got Kyogo and Jakomakis at the minute. I don't know the situation with Ayeti and, and, and the rest of it, but um, uh, I, 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 we need to strengthen. Uh, and, and midfield as well, we, we spoke about, we, I mean, we, we had a wee sort of uh, a wee joke about Wanyama coming back and all that, but I think having a player with a bit of dig, like we've spoke about numerous times in that central mid, uh, sort of to play that anchor position in midfield uh, would be beneficial as well. As it stands at the minute, Beton seems to be playing the role perfectly fine, um, but you still want that depth because we know as this season progresses, we're going to need to like rotate players. And so having, having the variety and having the choice. I think it's going to be key in the long run. So, I, I, I mean, I'd like to see definitely left back, uh, another striker, uh, and a central midfielder. I think these three are by far the most important. But I'd like to see every sort of area strengthen. 
Well, what about yourself, Ross? I mean, John, you said left back. I think they're like the Japanese boy at left back. I'm not going to pronounce his name. And a Japanese forward as well, Ross. So there is kind of things going go, going on behind the scenes. And Poston Concrete has alluded to, they want signings done quickly. Whether the Celtic board do that, which they never really do in January, is we'll have to wait and see. But in terms of positions, from your point of view, what do you think is the key ones to strengthen? Um, the key ones uh, sort of depends on who who sort of goes in the January window. Uh, John kind of alluded to a Yeti there. I think if he goes, um, then I think we have to get another striker in. Uh, I don't think we could, although we play with essentially three forwards, uh, I don't think that we can go uh, with just Giacomakis and Kyogo. Um, so if, I, I, if a Yeti goes, then you're, you're maybe looking to bring somebody in there. Again, left back. Yeah, it's a position that you could bring somebody in, but I think it only happens if maybe ball and goalie goes. Uh, I would like to see, I've said it previously, I would like to see a, a, a sort of midfielder coming in to play the anchor role, somebody that's obviously can play, but um, has got a bit of dig as well. I just think we we still, even though Beton's come in, he's done well, McCarthy could play that role. I still don't think they're that physical presence in the middle of the park that you'd be mm-hmm. looking for. Uh, yeah. I still think that you need somebody, somebody bigger, somebody bigger than that, somebody, not even so much bigger, but like sort of the Scott Brown mould. I'm not saying we're going to replace Scott Brown like for like, but that idea um, would be ideal. Um, but again, it's I, th- I think, I, I do believe Celtic will bring players in this January window. I think it will probably be um, the way Postacoglu is talking uh, about, like you've said, uh, they're looking at players now and they're sort of ahead of the game uh, for the next window. Uh, I think that we'll probably have as strong a window as we can remember in January. Uh, I think... The last time I can remember coming out of January window and thinking that's a good couple of signs we've brought in was uh, the one when I'm sure it was we brought Chris Commons in and he made an immediate impact. Uh, scored in, he scored against Aberdeen in the semi final and he scored against Rangers early doors after the January window. Uh, so if we can get somebody to come in and make that sort of impact straight away, then that's what you're looking for. Um, but I I think it as I've said I think it depends on who leaves because I don't I'll, I know it's that way as well like you're you're wanting to get players in not only for the second half of the season but bedded in for the the Champions League assault uh, so possibly they might still bring guys into certain positions even if they can't mm-hmm. get rid of guys like ball and goalie I think also as well um, whether it's as maybe as urgent. Uh, I think we need to bring another goalie in uh, and probably I would well definitely cut my losses with Barkas which we'll probably touch on <laughs> uh, hey, and I, I don't think I don't think you can go with Scott Bain as your, your number two I think if Hart gets no. injured you're really struggling and I don't I don't rate Hazard I know he's a young guy um, so I think we, we need to get another keeper in there but the problem is as well who what level of keeper are you going to get? Are you going to get somebody that's any better than Scott Bain when they know fine well that they're going to come in and not oust Hart? So it's 
it's a it's one of the ones you. I, I'm not a scout by any stretch. Maybe they've got eyes on somebody. Hopefully they have. But uh, probably you you would maybe get away with until the January window bringing a second choice keeper in and going with Bain at the moment. But I don't think going forward in the next two or three seasons say uh, that that he can be your number two. But time will tell. Yeah. Apart from part, the, the whole goalkeeping department of Celtic is absolutely shite, to be honest. Like you've got um, oh. Scott Bain, Barkas, which we'll touch upon later, and then the under-19 England goalkeeper was on the bench for the European game. He looks a decent prospect, so hopefully there's hope for him in the future. But we're speaking about players who might come in, John. A market that Celtic are well-known to tap into every year, to be honest, is the Scottish one. And it's one I think is important to us as a club because we can't really lose that identity as well. What players have been the Scottish League at present moment would you consider for selling back in the summer? It was Nisbet, Ferguson, people like that. Is there anyone else that kind of cropped up and you thought mm, maybe you could do a job? No, no. I mean, I, 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 that's just as simple as that. I don't think there's any. Um, I mean, it would be nice if we, if we were looking sorry within the Scottish market uh, to get guys, but um, I don't think there's any and really in positions that we need like. I don't see. I don't think there's anybody in the Scottish League at the moment that um, that we could get that I would say were key. Um, they would like Ross says similarly. Other guys are coming in. They're going to be coming in and um, be sitting mostly, spend most of the time probably sitting on the bench. Or is more like as we've seen with many other Scottish boys we've brought in that look talented. They're just not getting a chance. So, I mean, I would. Uh, nah, I think at this stage we need to just focus on building the team we've got and the style we've got and know what like at the beginning of the year we had a lot of suggestions and that but again we didn't know the the sort of direction we were heading in uh the way certain guys were going to perform and stuff like that so i can't really see i mean like i said i think there's just a couple of key areas we need to strengthen and i don't think there's anybody within scotland at the minute that could fill those roles what about yourself ross would you have any other suggestions um i'm Sorry, we join. I, I can't really think of MD. Obviously, people like Nisbet and stuff have been sort of touched upon, but I don't, I don't, I, no, for me, no, Nisbet. Some nah. baffles me sometimes how, like, you've got Celtic fans that will turn around and say, like, Lyndon Dykes wouldn't have him anywhere near Celtic, yet the, the same folk would have Nisbet. They can't get into the Scotland team before <laughs> Dykes, and he's absolutely nowhere near as good as Dykes. It's just it's just a bizarre one that um, uh, no for me there's there's no MD really stands out, uh, and and the so certainly in the Scottish league any Scottish players that would sort of add to the the first eleven uh, yeah. there, there might be somebody that I'm forgetting about that might be a decent squad player, um, but. No, even like Lewis Ferguson for me. I just uh, I'm not having that either. I don't think he's good enough for Celtic. Nobody off the top of my head, to be perfectly honest with you. Well, that's fair enough. But one thing that isn't bizarre is our man, Ange Postacoglu, Ross, winning manager of the month award. Seven wins from eight. Two European games in there against Furnace Faros, home the way. Fantastic results. And he's got the recognition. Now, a guy who came in, as John rightly said, we didn't know his style at the beginning of the season. That's why all these suggestions were thrown about. But just yourself, Ross. I mean, manager month for this guy. It's incredible, isn't it? Ah, it's brilliant. He uh, deserves the recognition. Uh, he's starting to, like we've said in previous podcasts, he's starting to get the team playing the way he wants to play. And it'll only get better when he adds more uh, his signings. 
uh, that are going to be suited to the style he wants to play. I think we're really, st- really starting to motor now, I would say. Um, between now and the next uh, Glasgow derby, I think uh, we've got the more favourable fixtures. Uh, mm, yeah. So again, I, I, I think that we can continue this run a good form. Um, I'm not saying we'll win every game, but uh, I think be very, if Rangers get to the, the next Glasgow derby and they've no dropped any points, then fair play to them, you have to take your hat off. But I post the has got the team playing really well and he deserves his Manager of the Month award uh, because what what like you've said, he's only drew one game since the last international break. So yeah. that's 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 brilliant, really. You can't you couldn't ask yeah. for much more other than a full quota of wins, but bar for a penalty kick, a poor penalty kick, we, we would have had that. That's my trigger word, don't mention that penalty. But look, John, <laughs> I mean what one thing we did see what one thing we did see was him and the photo with the backroom staff, obviously not his, and then Eddie Howe came out and said that he couldn't get his backroom staff organized to go to Celtic and while Postacoglu travelled all the way over from Australia, well, Japan, he took this opportunity on and he's grabbed it with both hands. And yes, obviously during the bad run results, people question the people question tactics and methods, but that's always going to happen. But right at this present moment, it's a good achievement for him. Absolutely. I, I mean, it's well deserved and I don't think anybody can really argue it. I, I mean, I'd like to hear somebody's argument against it, like who, who other than him would deserve it. So... Uh, I mean, it, like you say, he's, he's fantastic one of his results as of late. Like Ross says, we're really starting to motor now. We're getting a bit of momentum and pace. And there's, I think there's very little in the way teams that are going to be stopping us unless they defend like Livingston did um, and get lucky. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very, very confident that... And the best thing is, is I, I still don't think we've hit fifth gear yet. Like, six, mm-hmm. I mean, how many gears have we got? Because it just seems to be... It's like Puppy. I think we're still, I, yeah. I mean, but I mean, I think we're still sort of getting there. Uh, I don't think we're there yet, um, but you're step, definitely starting to see it. Um, and once these, as I say, once these guys start playing again more regularly together, and and things start to click a bit more, and then it, it, it's going to be phenomenal. I mean, it's already really exciting and phenomenal to watch. Uh, but I just think it's just going to progress, and I. I don't think anybody other in, in the league other than Andrews deserve it, and it's going to be the first in many of this season, I think. Yeah, I mean, you say we haven't had top gear, and I totally agree, but one thing it did hit full speed was Gerard's train down to London, but sure. <laughs> but, I mean, Ross, in that press conference, <laughs> in that press conference, he did say, in terms, a reporter asked him a question about, obviously, what's going on across the city, and he said, I'm just making everyone really aware, we can't be distracted by anyone, or anything else, because when you are trying to build something and be successful, you can't afford to be looking over your fence to see what other people are doing. And I thought that was fantastic. And it's the kind of the way he handles the media, I think, accent and maybe Rogers, yep. to a certain extent, did that. But Postacoglu really takes him to task, doesn't he? Ah, uh, yeah, I've, I've never seen, certainly in my lifetime, as well as I can remember, a, a manager handling the media so well. They try and back him into corners and pigeonhole mm-hmm. him with where he, where he worked previously and he's, every single time he's got an answer and it's like Willie said in the last podcast it's diplomatic and you're like one minute you're like trying to push him into a corner and the next minute you're like agreeing with him and you, you don't know why he's, he's just <laughs> got he's, he, he's no 
like he's no witty as such. He's just he comes across very educated and he, mm. it's just well versed with the media, and it just comes across in every single uh, interview he does, and it's it's great to see, and he represents the club and the the best way possible. I've, I yeah. cannot fault the guy one single bit the way, the way he represents our club and the way he defends our club and I always talked up Neil Lennon for the way he defended our club and he did and but he, he didn't maybe always do it in the the best fashion but it was yeah. always meant with the right intentions but Postacoglu just he just does it every time man and it's it's just you just walk away or go away for interviews and you're like wow this guy just knows what he's doing. He's just got it. Doesn't he suffer fools gladly? And he's he's just. I just love the guy. <laughs> I yeah. can't speak yeah. about him highly enough. <clears throat> I mean, I think just what you were saying there Ross, as well about in regards to how he just shuts reporters and that doing. Um, but it, it, the way he carries himself and the, the way he defends the club, like he says, it's different for the way Lennon done it. And I think that's one of the things that we all like. He, he doesn't leave. Like he's 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 blunt, but no, like you said, he's very educated. The way he, he, he sort of constructs his responses and stuff like that. Uh, and I mean, like you said, we know and we knew. We, we I think we commented on it early doors when he first came in. Uh, if you remember um, on earlier episodes, uh, that the Scottish media were kind of worried about how he was going to handle it because yes, he came in. that was a that's what I was about to say. Either why do you think the Scottish media have this sort of Kind of not a tender, but disrespect towards him. That's just the Scottish media. They're assholes. They've always been assholes. And we we knew we knew it doesn't matter who the manager is. They're going to try. They're 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 trying to rail them up. They'll ask stupid questions in order to get a response. So they've got something to print. It's not just select managers that get it. It's every manager. Uh, but I think just because of the size of the job and like you say, it's because he, he was a relative unknown at least in this part of the world, and he came in. Um, the, the press thought it was going to be an easy target and they're trying to trip him up with stuff like, oh, did you know about such and so like what the, the whole the Walter Smith thing, like he like he yeah. lived in a fucking cave or something. Like he was an international manager, for Christ's sake. And he's 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 won leagues in other countries as well. It's not like he's and he's been managing what, thirty year? I'm pretty sure he's well versed in football and who the who's who and he's heard certain guys and all that. So but again, that, that's the media to a T. Uh, I'm not saying every single person within the media is like that because we know people that are in the media that are genuine it's just very few and far between but the Scottish sports media especially when it comes to football I've just no time for and I we, we, we knew that we we're going to get to all that shit but I, I, the way he handles them is absolutely perfect and it, it just makes yeah. Ange even more endearing at least to me another <laughs> thing makes him endearing as well I don't know if you guys said it was at the Tommy Burns story in the Carrydale mm-hmm. suite, just there with his wife and his family, and it's it's just again what you said, Johnny doesn't dare himself to the Celtic fans, and he, he never ever comes across where he's always like, I was a Celtic fan all my life, he, he didn't say all that stuff he's just kind of bought into the culture of the club, and it's just really refreshing to see instead of having them kind of kiss horses who say, oh, I've always kept an eye on Celtic I've always watched them, he's never done that and he's just come across as a genuine man to be fair, all I think right. we can all agree on them yeah. Definitely. I mean, what did they say when he came in? He, 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 of course, he's heard the Celtic. Um, Aye, yeah, heard of him. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 what manager has he? It's not like we're just a small thing. We're very well known globally, 
But like you said, he's never he's never tried to kid on that he, he's a Celtic fan. He's never tried. To, but but like you say, the, the longer he, the, the more time he at least he spends here, the more he's sort of buying into the culture and, and he's he's spending time with the fans after games. You're seeing him talking to fans and taking pictures with fans. You see, like the, the Tommy Burns story thing, going to that event with his wife and then sitting there, talking to fans who were there, taking pictures mm-hmm. with them. He's no, there was no element of like, oh, listen, we'll just do it for a night out or anything like that. Like, can he try to pass it off? No, he's, he's, he seems like a really genuine, genuinely nice guy and he obviously cares about the club. And I, I, I mean, uh, it's 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 just great to see and uh, very very refreshing as well for a manager because a lot of the time you see these managers out with like you see them on the park and at the sidelines and stuff like that and you only after other than that it's only really what you hear in the news so seeing that he's gone to these events and he's taking the time out for the fans is fantastic I think uh, yeah, yeah. I, I know I'd just add to that like he like he's he's here and it feels like he's here for like a period of time it doesn't seem to me like he's came and thought I'll use Celtic as a stepping stone I don't think he's looking at us as a stepping stone I think he's looking at us as a long term project and he's just steeped me selling all, all things Celtic and I, I just yeah. love it, it's refreshing to see Definitely. it's great Yeah, I mean we do speak upon as fans of managers banning the cultures, players coming in and banning the cultures, Celtic but again we'll go back to like the outgoings of transfers and stuff and there's a few <coughs> players here who John haven't quite hit the heights or haven't quite bought into Celtic's methods or could kind of cope with the pressure of Pember Celtic, mainly Barkas, £5 million, a Yeti, £5 million, quid, Sorrow, £3 million. That's a big, massive waste of money from Celtic's point of view, isn't it? Um, in terms of Barkas and the Yeti, uh, they can go. Um, I don't think they'll be missed. Um, Sorrow, I still rate Sorrow. I still think there's a player there. Um, we've seen the elements here. I mean, I might... Hindsight's a wonderful thing. I might just be saying this because how dire last season was, uh, and mm. when you contrast mm. how we were, how we were playing towards the latter end of that season and how we're playing now, it's difficult to say. Um, but I still I still think there's a player in Sorrow, uh, and we saw we saw glimpses of what he could be capable of last season. And we've even I mean he's you can't fault the guy's work rate and stuff like that, and he he always seems quite eager, maybe over eager sometimes, and. Uh, I, I just think that he needs to calm down a wee bit. Um, but I mean, there's definitely—I think there's definitely a player there, and I think if it get given enough time and chances, I think he, he could progress and be de- a, a decent player for us. Um, Barkas, by um, Ayeti, by I—I I mean, I mean, in fairness, Barkas and Ayeti haven't they had a lot in terms of starts as well. Barkas, though, as a goalkeeper for me. You, you, you either are or you're only. He never hit the heights he did. Uh, what was the previous? A K A A K. Yeah. I never fucking pronounce that. So A-A-K. hard to say. I know it's three letters as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> you just end up shutting him up. Bye. But yeah, I mean, aye. he's not. He's not quite hit the heights that he did there. Or at least, again, based on YouTube <laughs> clips and stuff that we've seen. Anybody that's sort of done their YouTube research, obviously these highlight reels are made up of their best moments anyway. Um, but what, from what we've seen, it, his hands were made of paper, and it was. It just didn't seem like he had it. It just didn't seem like it was adjusting. I just the the best thing for him would probably to, and, and to stop his career remaining stagnant and no going anywhere is mm-hmm. is leaving. Um, and you need to try and recoup some of the money for him because the the outlay for him 
based on what we got was terrible. Uh, and the same, yeah, it baffled me we even paid that for him in the first place. Um, but again, he's no kind of he's no kind of lived up to the expectations and stuff like that. And the chances that he has had, he's not in them. And you do you, you have to hit a point where you say, well, how how many more chances are you going to give them? So I mean, if if the opportunity comes up and and clubs are willing to pay a bit of money and you're recouping some of those funds back, then take it. You have to take it. And we just need to focus on what we've got the new and building on it. Yeah, I mean, John makes a great point, Ross, in terms of the players who come, who come in and haven't quite made the grade. And you look at Barkas, he was a league winner with AAK Athens, Champions League as well, playing the group stage. Albany Eddie, Swiss International, winning titles with Baal before he moved to West Ham. Sorrow, not so much. He was a young and experienced player coming from Ivory Coast. But why is it you think these players come in and I wouldn't say crumble, but just don't quite take the chances when they're given to them? If I knew that, I probably wouldn't be sitting on a podcast and painting for a living during the day. Where would you be then? <laughs> uh, Working at Celtic as a coach. <laughs> <laughs> you and you uh, on the laptop? Oh, well, I don't know if I'd be on the laptop. I'm not very tech savvy. Can't even get my camera angle right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I honestly don't know why. Um, Sorrow, he came, he came in last season and I think we were just so bad that he looked... He looked Great, he, he did. Ah, that's what I'm wrong. saying. He, he did. I, I know he did do pretty well, and we were all. It was that sort of wee G up. We were clinging on to in last year, but now the dust settled, and you see who else is in front of him, and you, you watch him like playing. I, I, I think Soros all sorts of rubbish. Uh, I, I don't rate him wow. at all. I don't think he's good enough for Celtic by any stretch, really? and I, I really? would. I would get rid of him the more really. I would uh, because he's he's going to play in the sort of role you would say where Beaton plays he's not getting in there before Beaton he's not getting in there before McCarthy and McCarthy we're talking about I still think like I think McCarthy's better than Sorrow for me but he's not getting in before they two right for me and then we're talking about maybe bringing in another sort of anchor man that would maybe challenge or be the man that could play before Beaton and McCarthy. So that then puts him fourth. Now, I just don't think there's a point in keeping him. No, for me. That's See, I don't no... think his best position would be that sort of anchor man for me. I think he's too small for that. Um, but I still think he's, he's got a role to play, um, even just in front of them. Like, so is he playing... going to oust Rogic or McGregor or Turnbull? No, further? absolutely not. But I'm saying, I still think that uh, for me, I, I still think there's a talent in there. And like, if you can get him out on loan, get him some game time and that, let him develop a bit more. Like, if you make him a sort of longer term project, I think you would bear the fruits of it, personally. Well, I mean, how long has he been at Celtic now? Maybe three three years? How three long term you might make this project? Is it? I thought That's... it was only a couple of years. Well, I mean, what, what age is he? 20? I don't know, actually. 23, I don't know, 24. but I, I still think there's a, like, he is a star young guy, and I still just, well, for me personally, anyway, I mean, I wouldn't say I mean, he was a disaster, but... I, no, I, don't, I don't think, I, I just don't rate him, I think he's reckless, uh, but a headless chatting sometimes, uh, that, that's just, I know everybody will agree with that, evidently, but uh, I, no, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't keep him, who else were we talking about? Uh, Barca. Ayeti, Barca, yeah, Ayeti. Yeah. 
Barkas, I mean, he's obviously gone his YouTube reel. He, he has been a good keeper. He's he's played for Greece. He's won league titles. Um, but he's came to Celtic. The only thing I can think of is he's came to Celtic in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, and he's just no settled. And then he's yeah. like he's made a couple of mistakes early on, which would make it even worse for him. Then he's been taken out the team, back in the team. Then the whole team was unsettled. The defence was garbage. The manager didn't have a clue what he was doing uh, th- at the finish up. So all the things put together can really knock a guy's confidence, and I think that's what's happened to him. But then he, he started this season under Ange. It's a bit more settled. We're coming out of the pandemic to an extent, and he's still making the same mistakes. So... You try and make excuses for him, but in the end, he's just no good enough. Uh, a Yeti, why he's no making it, I think his career was stolen at West Ham anyway, and for some unbeknown reason, Celtic shell out £5 million on him when they could have got yeah. Ivan Tony for an extra whatever it was, £2 million or something like that. I don't even think it was that much. Uh, you don't want to go over all ground, but we're talking about why uh, yet he's not made the grade. Uh, I, I, I just don't know why. Like I've I've made a case for him and said he looks like a decent player. He came in, he did start okay, but he's just fell away. And it's like John said, he's a chance after how many more chances he's going to get. His career was stolen before we bought him, and it's stalled even more. And I don't know, it's just, you think spending £5 million on a player, you're going to get a good one, but it doesn't always guarantee it. And again, it's mm-hmm. it's another signing. And, and don't get me wrong, I was going to say it's another sign, a long line of signings that we've got wrong. We've got a lot right as well. Um, so I'm no, like, poking at Celtic with that by any stretch, but some signings work, some signings don't. And they're, they're three for me that, Obviously, haven't worked. Yeah, uh, but I uh, why? Well, we can only guess. Well, we'll never really mm. know. I mean, I think you're right in saying that with we, Barkas just not being. I mean, we've seen it with other players as well that come here with a bit, even with a, a bit of reputation, um, and not just for Celtic, for other clubs, Joey Barton. Um, but like the, <laughs> some, some people don't settle, and it's maybe maybe it's just the, the pace of the game, the physicality of the game. They just can't adjust to because it's completely different for other countries that guys are coming for. Um, so I, I think that plays a part. Um, I don't know. I mean, for barcasters, no excuse because you're a keeper, so it doesn't matter. You have to stop the ball in the, the fucking back of the net. It's like it doesn't matter what pace the game's at. But if you're outfield, and it's a it's a wee bit different because. Obviously, depending on the style of football and the, the, the opposition you're up against, it's like you're all over the place. So, I think that can play a part. Um, for maybe in that in that case, uh, yeah, he's the same. Um, Sorrow maybe even to an extent is it's maybe they just no adjustment in the pace of the game up here because I know a lot of people look at the Scottish game like it's it's crap or like that, but I mean it is a it's a physical physical game up here and it is quite fast paced as well it's, I think people don't, clearly don't watch enough Scottish football if they can't see it but we've seen it with other boys coming up for England like I said Joey Barton um, who thought they were going to boss it and I've just got put in their place and actually sent away back in with a tail between the legs Shane Duffy as well uh, mm-hmm. again I know last season the, the 
wasn't it? I mean, there was something clearly no right within Celtic last year. I think we could not agree with that. Aye. Well, look what he's yeah. doing in the Premier League for Brighton. That season, it's like... Exactly, it's crazy. That's because they play a totally different way. and you have to, they, they defend from the 16-yard line, so... Do you know what I mean? That's what it's, I'm saying. It's like st- st- taking a lot of different things into consideration. That doesn't necessarily mean that these players are crap. They're just mm-hmm. no good for us or they're no good for this league. And yeah. that, that's the same. I mean, the same way, who did we have? Timmy Pookie? Leisure, John Joe Kenny. Aye, Joe Kenny. Was he days. not getting linked with some crazy teams after his own season wins as well? Um, oh. But Pookie's another prime example. He, he just couldn't mm-hmm. hit the ground running with us. Um, then he goes down to Norwich and he's like, he scored about 30 goals a season. Mm. It's crazy. It so I, again, it, it, it does happen. Mm. So there's never any guarantee when you bring somebody in that they're going to adjust to life here. They're going to adjust to the pace of the game and the physicality and the, the new style of football that they might be playing under the manager. Uh, so, I mean, if you take everything into account, then it, it's like, I think we have to be a wee bit more forgiving on some players because... I think we're quick to turn and just immediately start calling people shite because they're not hitting the ground running, but it doesn't work like that. Uh, but at the time when you're watching Celtic, you just go, you're shite! <laughs> oh, I've, I've, cursed, I've cursed all sorts yeah. <laughs> at the TV I mean, when, when the things are only going right. But afterwards, and you've had a bit of time to calm down and reflect, you're like, right, okay, maybe, yeah. maybe I was a bit harsh. But I've said, I've said a lot worse than you're shite. I'm pretty sure you have, John, but we're not going to end up. But look, one... <laughs> one <laughs> One man who hasn't come up from England, and that's Eddie Howe. We'll, we'll, we'll go back to this guy again, and he came out in his Newcastle press conference. He's just been announced as the new Newcastle manager. I'll come to yourself, John, first. And he basically said, I mean, How much time ago? Kind of <laughs> we're going to kind of tone yeah. it down here. But he basically said that he couldn't get his backroom team together. He didn't want to take a job of such size and what he, he knew needed done by himself, so he didn't take it. He was open and honest with the Celtic board, and he finished off to say, there was no problems with Celtic whatsoever. So what does that tell you? What does that statement from him say to you, like in terms of the outcomes and what we thought at the time? Well, the first thing I will say is it's a lot later than it should have been. Um, when mm. all this fell through, he should have came out with some sort of statement, at least for the Celtic fans, just to let them know this is the reason why, right? Uh, I still, I, th- I think that um, it, it, it's, it, it's very, very late. However, in saying that, I'm happy that he has commented on it because it's put to bed a lot of the rumours that it's such and such that's caused it. Um, I mean, I think as Celtic fans, we, a lot of us at the time, were, were pointing the finger at the board and saying, you're at fault, you're no doing this, you're no doing that. But he's come out and said, and I believe him, and, and I respect him all the more for it because he's come out, he's been open, he's been honest, and he's turned around and says, the size of the job at hand, he was willing to take it on, right? Let's, let's get that out of the way, first of all. He was approached, he accepted it in principle, and on the premise that he got to bring in his team because he wanted the same guy, he wanted the people that he knew working around about him in order to take on the project because of how big it was and to make it work. For various, he never went into details, but for various reasons, uh, he couldn't get his team together. And as such, he felt that if he walked into this job himself, it was too big for him and he wasn't ready for that. So, I mean, I, I, I respect him for it. I think that um, it, 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 it's an honest thing to do and it takes it takes quite a bit of boss to come out and admit that he didn't think he was ready. People say, and we, I mean, William, he'll ask him next time he's on what he thinks, but <laughs> uh, earlier on in the group chat, we had this disagreement and it was like the Newcastle and the pressure that's going to come with that job and that might be a bit much, but you kind of compare the two. 
Newcastle have just got new owners coming in. They were never mm-hmm. in a similar position as us. It wasn't a case of they're, they're, they're fighting to win back a title. Uh, they're, they're not as big as we are in terms of fan base. They've not got that same sort of pressure to win every game. Um, now they've got these new owners coming in uh, and they've got a pretty big, tra- what's by all accounts is expected to be a pretty big transfer budget. Uh, Eddie Howe is now in a position where no doubt he's been given assurances that he's going to have time to build the team that he wants and to get them as a, a team that's contending and competing for a title. But I don't think anybody's expecting immediate fireworks. These things take time. Uh, and I think that it's a much more suitable job for him. And I, I wish him all the best. I, I wish, I mean, it's hard to say because I despise English football and the money that's involved in it. But I, I mean, I genuinely don't wish any, any ill on him and the rest of it. And I'm, I'm happy that he finally came out and he's left. He's, he's sort of been open and honest with Celtic fans as well. And I, I respect him. Uh, the for it because as I says, it to admit that it was too big for him and he didn't want to take it on himself. To me, says that. Th- well, let's look at it this way, right? And this is the last thing I'll say. <laughs> I'll give Ross a chance to obviously make <laughs> make a comment. We know I talked to him. I just kid on you looking at your watch, Steve. <laughs> but the let's see, let's see. Eddie Howe did decide he didn't get his background team in, right? And he's like, right, it's alright. I can handle this myself. I'll come in. And then he tried to take on the role. The, the rebuilding project that we were in, the pressure he's on immediately to hit the ground running and to start fighting again to win this title back because we can't, he can't be put in a position where his biggest rivals start running away and further than they already were. Um, so you're, the, the, the pressure on you is immense. Um, maybe he starts feeling that pressure early doors and then we're in a similar situation as they are right now where the manager walks uh, after so many months. Um, because something else has maybe come up and he's felt it, it's a better opportunity for him or uh, that it just the, the job uh, he wasn't handling the job and he wasn't the right man for the job so to come out and say I'm not, I wasn't the right guy at the time I wasn't allowed to get the pieces in place uh, that I needed I thought it was quite admirable in a, in, in a sense uh, and again uh, it's kind of restored my, my, my respect for Eddie Howe a wee bit Yeah and come to yourself Ross I mean you're right to say, Joe. William has a totally different perspective of this. I think his words were sure. he shattered. So, but <laughs> talking to yourself, how does that statement come across to you? Because many, as John said, many Celtic fans believe that he's being open and honest. He's telling the truth. And why is it? Why is he got a reason to lie? Really, isn't it? Uh, he's he's got no reason to lie. He's got nothing to gain really out of. Uh, I, I pretty much agree with everything that John's just said. Um, I, I would much rather that Eddie Howe has done what he, he done and like basically it takes a bigger man to admit that something's, something's too big for you on your own uh, and I, I would rather he's turned round and said look I, I'm not ready for this, I can't do this sort of thing rather than just try and brass it and make an arse it and then we're back to square one again and we're sitting like I know we're behind Rangers at the moment, but we could have been in a hell of a lot worse position than what we are right now had he taken on the job. Uh, so, yep. I, like John, I respect him for being honest with himself and being honest with the board and eventually being honest with the Celtic support. Mm-hmm. He doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't need to, I know it's a wee bit later than what you would think, but he still doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't need to come out uh, having taken the Newcastle job and say exactly. what he said, but he did. He did say it, and I respect that. And like John says, I've no ill feeling towards him. Uh, yeah. And at the end of the day, like your old granny would say, what's for you, no go by you, son. 
and uh, <laughs> Ange Postacoglu. We've got Ange Postacoglu in the door, and it's 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 just great. Everything, yeah, exactly. Everything's worked out exactly as I think it was supposed to. I'm a firm believer that things happen for a reason, like you know that kind of push. But it's like we sometimes things just fall into place, and let's say I'm I'm happy that how walked away feeling that he wasn't ready for it. I'm happy that it resulted in us getting Anjan um, because I think the position we're in, and like you say, long term now we've got a guy in place who's going to be there for the foreseeable. Um, and, and and genuinely is looking at this like a project and trying to make us a force again. I think that's fantastic, and I think we we we've been a lot better off for it. So, uh, exactly, nothing no, no, no negative energy towards Eddie Howe whatsoever. And I mean, can I also a... say, sorry, Stephen, uh, no, the Newcastle job isn't a bigger job than the Celtic job, and Definitely I agree with John again in the sense that Eddie Howe would have been under. Hell of a lot more pressure to get it right at Celtic and immediately than what he is with Newcastle, where he's going to be given time. It's going to, and he'll, he'll probably, he probably knows his cell will only be there for two years as a stopgap sort of thing to take them to that next stage, like your, your sort of Mark Hughes at Man City guy. Eh, when he first, well, when they first got taken over, he was the manager. He's seen them through to that next stage. Brought in a couple of the bigger name players, Rubinho, Bellamy, guys like that. He's going to do that sort of thing. And he's going to get two years. And the premise will be, if you can win as a trophy in that time, great. But the the premise of his job will be top half, maybe top eight. Take us to that stage. And then once we get to the top eight, Europe, then we can they'll move them on. They can bring in a bigger manager again. They're in Europe. They can attract a better type of player again. And it'll be another manager that will then take that job. Whereas at Celtic, come in, a rebuild. But OK, you're rebuilding. You're, you're in a process and all the rest of it. But you still need to win the league. That's hmm. that's too much pressure. And if he's not got the guys running about him, then if he if they didn't feel confident in doing it, then I totally respect it. Yep, definitely. And can I just say as well, you made a good point there, Ross. We all know how volatile the the management within the English Premier League is. Um, if for whatever reason things didn't work out, he'll be out the door. And I'm sure he's well aware of this. Um, but like you say, I'm sure that the new Newcastle owners um, aren't going to be expecting immediate fireworks. Um, and if they do win a title, then maybe he'll be given a wee bit more time. But I mean, look at what happened with uh, Ranieri after Leicester won the league. Nobody, absolutely nobody would have guessed Leicester was winning the league that season, right? And then was it the following season they got after a pretty poor start? Um, the kind of having the, the sort of same or, or the, sitting roughly in the table where you would maybe expect a Leicester to be anyway, um, but immediately just got rid of him, guy. After winning you the first league title, splitting the big teams and winning the first league title in how long? Yeah, so can he stand English Premier League? Can he stand English Premier League? Well, you talked about it enough. Are you finished? No. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference though between me sitting here and fucking denouncing it and how how annoying certain things are and and commenting on like how how absolutely ridiculous certain scenarios are than sitting here like other people might do um, and absolutely gushing about it like it's the greatest thing ever. It, it's pathetic. Yeah. But look, 
as Ross said and you said, it takes a special kind of man, and we got our man, our manager of the month, and Posta Coglu. And that's the chapter in that book closed. And we'll move on, guys, because this is the end of the podcast, but the quiz again's back between John and <laughs> Ross. Oh, oh, he's ready. He's no. ready. <laughs> so, again, you, you know the score here, so five questions first to three. He's ready? Yeah, man. <laughs> yep. Celtic have two Israeli internationals in their team. Who are they? Abada and Beaton. 1-0. Anthony Ralston had two loan spells at which Scotty's clubs? St. Johnston and... I don't even know. You've got fire in. Uh, St. Johnston and Dundee United. 2-0. Oh, my. Right. How many points are Celtic off top spot? Five. Four. Four. Fuck. <laughs> Ross Ross brings Ross you win that one John oh. see I'm, I'm I'm listen I've never made any well done Ross I'm not actually embarrassed it's no it's not an achievement beating you in a quiz John it's really not <laughs> if, if you're losing to me in a quiz it's something you should really be thinking about but I've, I've been there no that's right actually. I've, you, I've you, been you, there too <laughs> you beat me in a quiz I'm pretty sure I get but, lucky but like, again yeah, no, we all get lucky now and again. But look, bring us to the end of the show. I just want to make the, the listeners and the viewers aware we won't have any Tuesday episode next week just due to work commitments and stuff like that. We'll be back again on the Friday. And in the meantime, on YouTube, again, if you like what you're seeing, hit subscribe and the wee bell so you're notified when we go live. I think we're, what, six off 500 subscribers now, boys, isn't it? Something like that. Uh, so, six or seven, I. So. Yeah, so get us to that 500. We really appreciate it. It doesn't sound a big number, but also it means a lot. And Again, guys, it's been a great show. Have you enjoyed it? Aye, mate, it's good. Aye, it's good really to get on and talk about it, Alex. So. And can I yeah. just say, come on, Scotland, tomorrow night, three more points, yeah. and we're in, well, three more points, and we get to play a really hard team. So, aye, it's quite exciting. <laughs> <laughs> three more points, and we get to watch us fail again. All oh, right, you, <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> I mean, I, um, I genuinely wish Scotland all the best, obviously. I, I, I want the my country my birthday fucking do well but I'm just so used to them disappointing me <laughs> it's hard to yeah I'm trying to be positive that was what? that was you trying to be positive what I, I'm apologising though I know because <laughs> William will listen to this and he'll be cursing me so I'm sorry yeah. so ma under my breath <laughs> under your breath but to, every, to, every, to everyone who's listening watching stay well and keep safe hail hail <laughs>